Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. It's funny, because when we started this class a few weeks ago, one of the first things that I said was that in my opinion, this world is being divided like it's never been divided before. That we're being pulled in every direction. We're being drugged and, and we're so overwhelmed by emotion, so overwhelmed by everything that's going on that we're, well, at times, I don't think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, I had someone a few weeks ago said that they were so upset, they were so tired, they were so overwhelmed by everything that they didn't feel like their prayers were getting past the top of their head, that they just didn't feel like God was hearing them. And, of course, that was just making all those emotions multiplied, bigger, right? And, you know, then we talked about that our responsibility is to walk in Christ, right? Then we, we talk about walking with each other and all this other stuff. Today we're going to talk about walking in unity. And, see, here's the funny thing. And maybe, maybe only I think it's funny. When you say that I need to walk in unity with you, you seem to, the, the, the connotation is that we have to agree on everything. We don't have to agree on everything to walk in unity. What we have to do is walk in unity on the things that are actually important. You know, your opinion on something, my opinion on something, you know that, you know that old saying about opinion is in diapers, right? That's usually the way it is. But we can have our opinions and we can know how we feel about something. We can know how we think about something. But that doesn't mean when the things get down to the nitty-gritty or in the rubber hits the road, as they used to say, it doesn't mean that we can't agree on the important things and get the job done. You know, because as believers, I'm just going to say it, ultimately our job is to spread Jesus to the world. It doesn't matter if you like the way I look. It doesn't matter if you're a beard fella. Or not. It doesn't matter if you agree with everything I say. But as long as we can agree on the fact that Jesus is Jesus, that he is our Lord, that he is our risen Savior, the rest of it is small potatoes. It's nothing that's that important that should keep us divided and keep us away from doing the things that God wants us to do. Now, you're probably going to hear a statement or something like that, pretty similar, uh, a little bit later on on your paper. But look at our first scripture. This is Ephesians 4, 1 and 3, 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, and this is Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Now, you remember this. Paul said, I am a, a prisoner of the Lord. Not because he has to be, but because he chose to be. He's a prisoner. He's captivated by Jesus Christ and everything that's involved because he wants to be. And he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. I probably need to repeat that for most human beings on the planet. Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. See, we have to love each other. You know, the Bible talks repeatedly about us loving one another, loving one another, loving one another. 
I have yet to find it. And if anybody knows where it is, you tell me. I've yet to find the scripture that says I have to like you to love you. Right? What does that mean? It means we're going to differ on some things. We're not always going to get along. We're not always going to say the same thing. We're not always going to do the same thing. But I don't have to be on the same page in every aspect of your life to love you. Years ago, my niece came to live with us. She was living, uh, and I'm just going to politely put it this way, she was living an alternative lifestyle. And we had a discussion about it. Not once, and I'm not blowing my own horn or my wife's horn or the family's horn. Not once did we say anything bad to her. Not once did we put her down. All we did was love on her for three years. And then one Sunday in this very room, she stepped up and told Jesus, I can't live like that anymore. Right? We didn't agree with the lifestyle, but we loved her and allowed God to make the change. See, we were unified that we were standing against it. We were unified in our belief that God could make her less confused or make her to see the truth, however you want to say it. So we don't have to like each other to love each other. I don't have to like you to come help you. I just have to know you have a need, and God says go, and then I have to go because that's an important thing, right? Look at our first sentence there. Well, almost a paragraph probably, but we not only have the Spirit in us, but we have both the privilege and the responsibility of walking with others. I thought that was a big statement to T.D. Jakes Rose. We have the privilege and responsibility of walking with others. We have the privilege of being a part of each other's lives, and we have the responsibility of lifting each other up. Right? We, again, it's, it's, it, I know it seems almost overly simple, and you'll hear me say that statement a lot because I tend to think I oversimplify things. That it just it can't be as simple as my brain locks onto it. It can't be that easy. It can't be that I just love Miss Alice even though she yells at me, which she doesn't do. I'm just playing, right? But it can't be that simple. That even though she's mean to me or somebody's mean to me, I can still love them, right? But it is that simple because the love that we share with them doesn't really come from us in the first place. When we walk in unity with him, the love that he shares with us is the love that we share with others. I mean, because if we look back into our past, y'all, I'm sure that if we asked Jesus, he would say that we were always likable, right? <laughs> no, right? Not even close. I'm still very surprised when I look back sometimes and know the things that I've said and the things that I've done that the Savior even bothered to pick me up in the first place. You know, I was not a good guy, y'all. I was not a good guy. But yet, because of his love for the Father and the Father's love for us, their unity and love, he shared the love with me and you. And that's really all we have to do, responsibility and privilege. I get the privilege of being a part of, of your journey. You get the privilege of being a part of mine. Something you say that God tells you to say or whatever it may bless my socks off and you not even know it. But you've planted a seed where God can move in somebody where maybe nobody else had been able to. Simply because we're walking with him 
and sharing what we have. There is no place in Scripture where we are called to live in isolation as individuals or think we're the only group worthy of Christ. I thought that was a big statement. But then I got to thinking about it, and maybe you all heard it too. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, my church is better than your church? Or we got the best church on the planet. I hope you do. I think we have an amazing church where we are. We are blessed by God here in ways I've never seen in any other church I've ever been in. But it's not just about us being by ourselves and getting blessed individually. It's about us being blessed corporately, together, lifting each other up, walking together. Again, not always agreeing, but being unified in who God is and what God does. And we're going to move the kingdom forward because of that, not because I said the wrong thing or you said the wrong thing. And I can't talk to you anymore. Or you said something I didn't like, so it's time for me to find a new church. Come on, y'all. I used to work with a fellow that went to a church, and I'm not picking on any denomination, but I have to say this title. He went to a church in Nicholasville called an Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. My word, what a letterhead. Right? And I said, brother, I'd love to come and go to church with you anytime. You just let me know when you want me to come, and I'll be there. He says, well, I, he said, that's great. He said, but when you come, he said, you need to bring a King James Bible. I'm like, okay, why? He said, because our pastor is adamant King James only. And he will not associate with anybody that does not read King James. And I was flabbergasted. Because I thought about all the great people. All the people that might have had a revelation or God had laid something on them. that could have blessed this pastor, but because they read... English Standard Version or the New American Standard like I do or even the New King James Version that he missed out on all this stuff because all he wanted to do was walk his own path. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't walking in unity with other believers. He was trying to separate like it was his church's way or King James' only way. We can't do that. We can't be separated by the nonsense And I'm going to say it. We can't be separated by the nonsense. It does not matter the name over the church. What matters is that Jesus Christ is over the church. That's what matters. I don't care if it's Presbyterian, Baptist, whatever. As long as Jesus Christ is the head of that church and that's the way they work and that's the way they teach, we're good. Now, we may not agree on doctrine on some things, but we can agree on that, you know, I grew up, I had family members who were old school Pentecostal. You know what I'm talking about, right? The three foot buns, right? The 6,000 bobby pins, right? The long skirts, all that stuff. No makeup. I don't necessarily agree with that, okay? But they taught Jesus Christ crucified, a risen Savior. I can agree with that. The other stuff doesn't really matter when it gets right down to it. All right, <clears throat> I got to move on or I'll get stuck. James thirteen thirty five. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Right, getting along takes effort and willingness to get past ourselves on the behalf of others. Sometimes we, well, not sometimes, but for the kingdom to flourish, we have to think about other people more than we think about ourselves. Right? 
almost eight years ago, well, maybe almost nine now, right over there, God took the cane away that I used for seven and a half years. Did he take it away from me? You bet. But that story is meant to tell you or anybody else that if you're hurting or going through something, don't stop, don't give up, don't think God doesn't care because when the time is exactly right, he's going to move in your life and he's going to touch you and make it right. See, it's not just my story to keep. The blessings that God gives us, we have to put out there and the only way we do that is when we think about other people more than we think about ourselves. You know, I love to teach. I love it when somebody comes up, man, you did a great job. But I didn't. I really didn't. God did. I really, and I know this, I know this sounds that way, but I don't mean it to be that way. I'm just a tool, y'all. I'm just a mouthpiece. I put stuff together. I try to put notes so my human mind won't get lost. And God goes, <laughs> guess where we're going now? All right? And I've got to go where he leads. But when he puts something on my heart to share with you all, I have to do that. Because if I keep it to myself, who does it bless? It might bless me, but it cannot bless you. And that's the way we have to look at all these things. We have to get past ourselves. I mean, most of you all work or have worked. You don't have to raise your hand. I'll, I'll do it, though. How many in here like to have an attaboy? Right? It's nice. Right? It's nice for somebody to pat you on the back. Man, you're doing a good job. But the fact of the matter is, is when we're doing a good job, we don't really need anybody to tell us, do we? We just need to do the good job because we know that it's going to show up. And it's the same way when we walk together in the truth that is Jesus Christ. When we share that with the world, people see it. I've told every youth group I've ever worked with throughout the last 30 years, if you're going to tell people that you believe in Jesus, you better be prepared to act like it. Because whether they acknowledge it or not, from that point on, they're watching everything you say. They're watching everything you do because they know that something's missing in here. And they really want to know if you've got what, it, got what they need. So God is going to take everything he gives you, and he's going to give us ample opportunity to share it with somebody else. Right? And I think I said this last week. I don't remember for sure. But if he gives you something, don't be afraid to give it away because you cannot outgive God in any situation. I don't care what it is, he's going to bless you more and more and more. And especially the more that you share him with the world, the more he's going to put in your heart to share. It's, it's a simple thing. Oh, here we go, right? Unity apart from the Holy Spirit is impossible. Because let's, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes we can be hard to love, Right? Unit and sometimes we just don't have enough, right? Brother Kevin, you don't know what he said to me. You're right, I don't. But remember what I said about me not being a good guy? Some of the things I said, some of the things I did before I knew Jesus. He could have went to Dad. He goes, Dad, did you hear what he said? Did you see what he did? We don't have enough love for the things that go on in this world. I don't. Anybody get mad at the news? I'll just let that one sit for a minute, right? 
We don't have enough love for this world. But God has enough love for us, and because of that, we have enough love for the world. It doesn't come from us. It doesn't originate with us. That's why when we share it with somebody else, it doesn't end with us. There's so many times when you will see things and do things that can change everybody's life. And I know that most of you have probably heard this story, but this is just for the ones that haven't. Years ago, I knew a young lady whose friend asked her every week, come on, go to church, go to youth group, go to youth group. No, no, no. Finally, one Sunday, she says, the youth group's doing something special. You ought to come with us. You'll have a good time. And the young lady said yes. She walks into the church, and the lady that I call Miss Ruby, who had the gift of encouragement, she was like an encouragement-guided missile. I mean, if you were having a bad day and you walked in, she knew it. And she would find you, and she would say the right thing, give you a hug, do whatever. But she saw this young lady, and she weaved her way through all the people. She took her by the hand. She said, I am so, so happy that you're here with us tonight. I'm so glad you decided to come be with us. And if you need anything, just let me know. And she gave her a big hug. Well, the following week, surprise to everybody, the young lady showed up at church Sunday morning and gave her life to Jesus. But she told the pastor, she said, can I say something? He says, sure. He goes, she's like, I just want you all to know that when I came last Sunday night, she said, I basically just came to make her shut up. I was tired of her asking. She said, you see, because I had planned to kill myself when I got home. I'd already written the suicide note. I just came to church so she would be quiet, and I was going to do it when I got home. She said, but, Miss Ruby... She took my hand. She told me she was happy to see me. She told me she was glad that I was here, and she gave me a hug. And she says, you all need to understand that's the first hug I've ever received in my life. So Miss Ruby took what God gave her, that gift of encouragement. Didn't do anything super heroic, right? She walked up, said, hello, glad you're here, and gave a hug. But it changed a young lady's life, so much so that she dedicated her life to Jesus Christ, so much so that the last time I heard she had about four kids and she's married to a minister, right? It doesn't take much for us to change our world except to be unified with him, unified with each other on the important stuff and share what God gives us. Because it is impossible for us to do it by ourselves. But when we allow God to work in us and through us, everything changes. Psalm 133, 1 and 2 says this, says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it, for, it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Now, you got to understand the anointing of God is not sent to us just to cover one area. It's supposed to cover it all. That's what it's talking about there. It just it ran down his beard. It covered his clothes. It hit the garments. What else does it do then? If it's on the edge of his garments, every step he takes, he's dripping oil. Every step he takes, he's sharing the essence of God. And when we are unified in him and unified together, the anointing flows in us and through us, and every step we take glorifies him and shares him with the world. They see something different. They feel something different. 
Come on, I've, have you ever had somebody walk up to somebody that you wouldn't expect and ask you a question like, how are you so happy all the time? How do you get through these situations with a smile on your face? Come on, y'all, it's a good, let me tell you about my friend Jesus, right? Let me tell you about somebody who gave everything. I might need these. Somebody who gave everything to show me a different way, to give me a different path, to bring me to a point where I am no longer worried about I. See, that was one of the strangest things with my relationship with Christ. It was one of those things I really didn't expect, that I would get past the point of worrying about me and start wondering what does everybody else need. Right? When we start thinking about others, it allows the anointing to flow. When we start thinking about what God would want instead of what we would want, it allows the anointing to flow. And then it flows over us, on us, and everywhere we go. I mean, think about the places you've been in the last week. Can you think of any place that might need a little bit of anointing? I mean, me for me, I was in Walmart. That place needs some prayer, y'all. I've never been in a place more often than Walmart where more people are unhappy than I've ever seen. The people shopping are not happy. The people working there are not happy. They need Jesus. It's simple. You know, I used to be the guy when I'd run into somebody at Walmart, will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then I'd forget before I got home. So I started praying for him right there in the middle of Walmart. I love to look around when you get up and there's people going, what? What is he doing? Why is he doing that here? Because the power of God has to be let loose when it needs to be let loose. Simple, right? We have to share what we have. When the body is unified, the power of God can be released. The power, the anointing flows when you and I are on the same page. And the thing about it is, if you look at the next sentence there, it says, joy and peace come when believers are in sync under the unifying power of God's anointing. When we work together in him, through him, things become easier, mountains seem smaller, nothing seems beyond our grasp. You know, we've talked a couple weeks about the calling. Everyone in this room, whether you're sure of it or not, has a calling. It may be one person. It may be ten people. It may, I, I'm not even sure what it is. But I know this. If you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking that your calling is beyond your grasp, you're right. But it's not beyond his. Because he would not can call you to it if he's not going to equip you for it. He's not going to send you out there anywhere to do anything in his name without the ability to pull it off through him. And we're unified in him in that. And we are unified together in the things that are important and we share the word of God. And the thing that I can miss, I'll just say it. If there was an Olympic event for worrying, I'd have multiple gold medals. I tend to overthink pretty much everything. And I mean absolutely everything. Even the things that no, don't need to be overthunk, I still do it. 
I even joked with my son a couple weeks ago that we were going to start a company called Overthunk. And I see, I already, got, I already got the slogan, don't wear your brain out, let us think for you. Right? Because we'll just overthink it for you and you don't have to worry about it. But see, when we're working together, in him and together, joy and peace come, we don't worry. Because we're not pushing the agenda. We're not striving to get anywhere. We're just walking in him and going where he tells us to do, doing what he tells us to do. And all we have to do is walk in joy and peace of the fact that we're with him. Come on, y'all. It's, again, too simple, right? But we overthink it. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. No, we don't. We have to walk in him. Walk with him. Walk for him. Simple. And then, you know, it says that, you know, we read it earlier. They will know you're you're my disciples because you show love one to another. We can still love each other and not agree on everything. I'm going to keep saying that because everybody thinks when you're unified. See, that's the world we live in. You don't agree with me. You don't like me. I can't talk to you. I can't be around you. I know a young man. I know a man from Texas. I started to say young. He's 38, but he's younger than I am, so I guess he is a young man. He's not allowed to any family gatherings this year. They told him as long as he believes the way he does, his political views and stuff like that, that he's not allowed around the family. They took something that should be minor and made it major, and now it's divided a family. You know, I kind of made a joke about somebody said something I didn't like, now it's time to find a new church. I know of a church, and this I swear this is a true story. I know of a church that split over whether or not to use wooden or wire coat hangers in the coat closet. They got so upset and so divided and so had to be right. They lost track of what was supposed to be important, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And it is our job to share the good news with the world, but coat hangers suddenly became more important than that. Again, they didn't have to agree. My simple suggestion would be, why not use both, right? That way nobody's ever, nobody's completely happy, but you all can get along, right? So we have to. We have to walk together. And when that joy and peace comes, man, come on. Now, look at this. I wrote this. This is straight out of the book. Without unity, ministry becomes less effective and the spirit is hindered. We've already said that when we walk in unity, the spirit flows, the anointing flows. So if we're fighting over nitpicky little things, it's going to hinder the flow, right? I mean, it just makes sense. Ministry becomes less effective. We can pray for the we can pray for healing. But you've all seen it. When the anointing is flowing and that healing hand is, got, is laid on somebody, it's done. And we can continue to pray, but if we're fighting over stuff, if we're not unified in the Spirit, then it's going to hinder the ministry. It's going to hinder the flow of the Spirit because it just, I don't know how to say it. Maybe I should say it's kind of like a beaver dam, right? Anybody ever seen a beaver dam? doesn't always completely cut off the flow of water, right? So I'm not saying we're going to completely cut off the flow of the Spirit. But where it was once a rushing river, now it's a little trickle. You might get enough to 
wet your lips. You might not. So why do we have to be together? Because there's work to be done. There's souls to be saved. There's folks to be healed. You know, I saw a meme on uh, Facebook the other day, well, a while back, and I think that's the way we all should be. And this is what it says. It says, I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit, the next time a mosquito bites me, it flies off singing, there's power in the blood. Right? That's the way we need to be. We need to be so full of the Spirit that when we share it, then we share it, and we're reunited with the stuff that needs to get done. We have to do it together. Not just us, but in Him first. We have to do it in Him first. Look at Ephesians 4, 4, and 6, 4 through 6. So there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all things and through all and in you all. The church is not just one local church body. It is not one denomination. It is not even all the believers in one generation. It is the bride and body of Jesus Christ, one body, one bride. And it said uh, espoused in the book, but I changed it to Kentucky and said hitch to the Lord. We're married to the Lord, one body, one bride, together. I don't know where your part is. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, if things are crazy, I'm not even sure where my part is. But I do know this. I'm left-handed, right? And I do most everything with that. This right hand, for a lot of stuff for me, is pretty much useless, right? I might as well just, you know, be waving while I'm doing anything because it's not going to accomplish much. It doesn't feel right when I do it. But see, if I'm left-handed and you're right-handed... When we get together, we can complete what needs to be completed, right? If I'm left-footed and you're right-footed, we can walk anywhere that God wants us to, and we can do it the right way. Y'all remember the three-legged races as a kid? We always loved to laugh when people fail, right? I always thought it was great when they figured out how to do it. And some of these folks could fly when they were tied together. You and I have the ability to fly when we're together. We have the ability to look the enemy in the face and go, not today, Satan. You know, we, have, we can do that on our own, but much more so when we're together. Why do you think the enemy wants us so divided? Because we may be strong enough on our own, but when we are united together, he doesn't have a battle plan. He doesn't have anything that can overcome that because he might trick me when I'm by myself. But when my brother or sister is working with me and praying with me and talking with me about the things of God, he can't get to me because I'm not listening just by myself. So we can do this so much easier together. One Lord who calls us, one faith that unites us, and we're all baptized into Christ when we're born again. And praise God, we become part of the largest family ever. Sons and daughters. And I love this because you know we're sons and daughters because God has no grandchildren. We're all directly into the family. And from somebody who has spent most of his life with abandonment issues because this person and that person left, can you imagine what it does to somebody who's never had anybody and then finds out he's part of the biggest family ever? Right? Now, I say that to say this, too, because we're talking about being in unity together. Everybody in here always gets along with their family, right? 
not sure I even want to look. <laughs> right? But we are a part of a family that even when we have things that we don't agree on, we have the important stuff that we do. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink one spirit. Simply put, the church is a lot like a jigsaw puzzle. You and I may look a little strange to the other pieces, right? But we've got a place. And we fit. And when God puts us where we belong, the picture becomes amazing, right? The picture becomes something that it couldn't have been without you and I. So it's our job to help others also understand that even though they may feel a little strange, they may feel a little well out there, but they've got a place. We are on the same side. We have a common enemy, a common problem, a common conflict. You all know this already. We live in a fallen world that needs a risen Savior. We live in a world that we were never meant to live in until sin came in. If we're going to win the battles we face against Satan, we must come together. We must. Because we just can't always fight it by ourselves. I told you my motto last week, and this is something that our family talks about a lot. Nobody fights alone. You know, I may not be able to always be there physically, but if you need a prayer or need something from me, please call me, text me, and I will immediately have your back because you do not fight alone, not under any stretch of the imagination. We're almost done. Matthew 18, 19, 20 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Where there is unity, whether it just be two or three, he is there. And anything can be done because of that. Philippians 2, 2 through 4 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. When we put the other members of our family in the same place that we put ourselves. The anointing flows, God moves, and everything changes. Our walk truly becomes a power walk when we put away all our offenses and disagreements and come together in the unity of our faith. How did, the, how did John put it? I must decrease so that he can increase. We gotta get past ourselves. We got to get past ourselves and know that it is only in Him and through Him and through the hearts of like minded others. It says, we may, never, we may never agree on every doctrine. Well, come on. But we must agree on the essentials. Jesus is our Lord and the head of Christ, the body of Christ in which we are members. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on this journey together. All we need to do is walk it together. Right? Some days are hard, y'all. I know this. Some days you don't want to get out of bed. Some days you're not sure 
maybe even why God woke you up in the morning. But know this, you're not in this battle alone. You're not walking through this life by yourself. Even though the enemy would love, 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 let me say that again, the enemy would love for you to believe that. Because when we separate and when we isolate, we become weaker simply because we just can't do it all by ourselves sometimes. So thank you all for those that have lifted me up in prayer at any time. And I know there's been a bunch of you, and I appreciate that. And like I said, just know that if you text me or call me and say, man, I'm just having a rough day, I can't, I'm going to immediately start praying for you. Because we know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he is our Savior. Whether we can agree on anything else, when we agree on that, we become strong, we become unified, and the power starts to flow. And then if we need to, we'll call somebody else or text somebody else, right, where two or three are gathered in my name. Unified by me is what he's saying. Unified in what they're doing in my name. The power flows. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.